So I want to introduce our speaker today, Pastor Juan, not the Pastor Juan that you all know, but another Pastor Juan that many of you might know. This is Pastor Juan Rodriguez, and this guy and I used to be on a football team together in high school. It's a pretty awesome football team. Tell us what the record was of that awesome year of football. We were um, not very good. We didn't win a game. Yeah, so we went a whole season of being defeated. It was pretty awesome. But I just want to share something real quick about Juan. He had uh, no idea I was going to share this. But this guy right here was the biggest influence in my life in high school. And high school is a really complicated age to be a follower of Jesus. And you don't really know what that's all about. You're trying to figure things out. You're dealing with identity issues. And this guy was a lover and follower of Jesus through high school and influenced all the years that he was here. I only had him for one year because he was a senior. I came here as a junior. And um, he just has a passion and a love for Jesus that has not stopped but has increased in his years of age and wisdom. (laughs) So give him a huge hand. We're glad that he's here with us to bring the word of God. Thank you, Mark. Those are very kind words. I wonder if he's telling the truth. Only God and him knows. All right. Have you ever played hide-and-go-seek? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Have you ever had, like, epic hide-and-go-seek games? Like, you remember that. Like, you will never forget this hide-and-go-seek game. Uh, When I was in elementary school over in Fleece, how many people here from Fleece? All right, I see some of you. When I was in Fleece, before they had these buildings that you see there now, they had trees and woods. And before teachers had to kind of pay attention on you, I went there in the 1980s, so we were kind of freer back then. And so we were just going out into the woods and playing these epic hide-and-go-seek games. And it was crazy and awesome. Have you ever played hide-and-go-seek in your house with your family? I remember as a kid, I would play hide-and-go-seek in the dark with my family. Then we, we got older, and then and my wife and I played hide-and-go-seek with our kids, and it was so much fun, and then we would play and have a good time. And, and have you ever played hide-and-go-seek in the dark? Oh, yes. Those hide-and-go-seek in the dark, it's amazing and crazy games, too, and we love those games. In fact, sometimes my, my parents would have their friends over for like, you know, a Saturday night thing, and their friends had kids, and I didn't know their kids. We just met, but sometimes it would be like eight or ten Hispanic kids inside of my bedroom, and inside of my bedroom, we would play hide-and-go-seek in the dark. And, and, and sometimes, in fact, these people, people that I had met for the very first time, so I had to find out, are you my cousin? I just want to find out. No? No? Okay, good. All right, so then I can like you because you're kind of pretty, and so we'll go play hide-and-go-seek in the dark. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we were in middle school, right? And sometimes I would hide behind some kind of drawer or whatever, and the girl that I liked sometimes would hide really close to me. I remember one time her putting her hand on my shoulder And the middle schooler, man, that was absolutely awesome. 
And so, and so hide and go seek in the dark, it was a lot of fun. And, and when we were growing up, we would play with our kids sometimes, and our kids would like, have like this weird feeling about playing hide and go seek in the dark. It was kind of like, I want to do it, but I'm a little bit scared. Kind of like, you know, watching sometimes, I don't know if you guys ever, you shouldn't watch horror movies, but sometimes when you're thinking about horror movies, you like, want to see that, but you're like, I don't know, it's a devil in there, I'm not sure. You know, and you kind of go through that, you know, back and forth in your heart, and you're not really sure about it. And so that was kind of my kids. We kind of played hide and go seek in the dark. They were kind of, but sometimes when we would play hide and go seek, we would go around going, where are you? Where are you? And then you would hear like a little snicker and laughter and be like, yes, it worked. I know where you are now. That's awesome. Or my mom, my mom would do it in a way that was kind of funny. She wouldn't really say, where are you, as much as she would go, and then we would hear her do that, and we would start laughing. It was like, oh, my goodness, she found us. That's, that's where her way of saying, where are you? I have a question for you today. Where are you? Where are you? What do you mean? What are you talking about? We're in the Schmidt Auditorium. We're not playing hide and go seek. Why are you asking me that question? I'm not talking about physical location like some of you are here right now. Obviously, some of you are watching online. Hello, Pastor Juan Martinez, Body by CrossFit. You're in New York. Just want to say hi to you. Uh, the way that you can know that I am not Pastor Juan Martinez is quite obvious. <laughs> this body is made by Krispy Kreme, <laughs> not CrossFit. But anyways, where are you? I- I'm not asking for location, and this is not a game. I'm asking where are you spiritually? Where are you when it comes to God? Are you in close proximity? Or are you Hiding? Are you hiding from him? Are you hiding in him? Are you like me when, the, when that middle school girl would touch my shoulder and, and we hit together and your excitement to be close to God is still there? Or have you disconnected from his touch? We sang a song about God's touch. Where are you in relation to God? This is the oldest recorded question in human history. Inspired by God, Moses wrote this question in the book of Genesis. He wrote it in Hebrew. The word was ayeka. Ayeka. The word itself means where are you from our usual place of connecting. Ayeka, Adam, because where we usually meet, you're not there. And to take it a step further, God knows everything. He knew where Adam was physically. In fact, God knew where Adam was spiritually. He knew that Adam had sinned. He he knew he was ashamed. And that is why I find it fascinating that God would still ask the question, Ayeka, Ayeka, where are you? Despite of how ashamed he was, God continued to ask the question. Despite of how ashamed you might feel today, despite of how bad you want to hide from him, God is asking, Ayeka. 
Before God asked the question, Adam was already trying to figure out things by himself. He, he sinned and he felt like he, didn't, he couldn't go to God, right? He couldn't go to him and, and say everything that was going on. And so Adam didn't trust God with his problem. He didn't trust him. In fact, Adam wanted to solve the shameful problem so bad that he chose to make some fig leaves into the first recorded underwear ever. He made underwear out of fig trees for himself and for his wife. It was as if Adam could no longer trust God to care for him. Like during that whole time, right, creation week and there's animals and here's food and here's water and here's this hot chick and this is awesome. I'm caring for you, Adam. During that whole time, he, he feels God's care. And the moment that he sins, the moment that he feels ashamed for what he did, it's like he can no longer trust God to care for him. But God did care. And he paved the way for connecting again with his kids, with Adam and Eve, by asking the question, where are you? The question paved the way for Adam to respond. And how did he respond? We look at his response in Genesis chapter 3, verse 10. Genesis 3, 10. He, Adam, he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid myself. Now, the beauty of Adam's response is that he is being now real with God, right? He's telling him, man, I screwed up, and look at me, I'm, and this is not, and not fig leaves, and no, not good. So he's telling him, I was ashamed, I hid from you. He's admitting that he has a shame problem, that his nakedness is causing separation, and the regular place of them connecting has become a place of disconnection. But God was still looking to connect with the kids that he loves. God is always looking to connect with the kids he loves. God longs for attachment with his children. And the profound truth is that we, his kids, have been created to attach to him as well. Look what Jeremiah wrote, the prophet. Jeremiah the prophet wrote concerning this in Jeremiah chapter 13, verse 11. For as the undergarment, underwear, for as the undergarment clings to the waist of a man, I'll add woman, right? Because hopefully we all are wearing underwear. For as the undergarment clings to the waist of a man, so I made the entire household of Israel, the entire household of Judah, like my kids, these are the people that I call my kids, so you can include yourself there, cling to me, declares the Lord, so that they might be my people. So he's created us, he's created Judah, he's created Israel, he's created every single person that, that is attached to this children of God idea to cling to him around his weight like an undergarment. Why? That I might call them my people for renown, for, for this name, the Hebrew word that is used for name or identity. I, I want you to cling to me so people can know that you belong to me, that you are my child. I'm giving you a name. I'm giving you an identity in me that no one can mess with because you're mine for praise and for glory 
But what happened, the Bible says? But they did not listen. You know, sometimes kids don't listen to their parents, right? You know, you know. Sometimes you don't listen to your parents, right? All of us, right? No matter what age you are, you know there are those times. And in this case where God is trying to do something with his children, with Judah and Israel, same thing with us, we tend to not listen and we go our own way. And, and he still cries out in the midst of all of that, Ayeka, Ayeka. It's like somehow God is, his fruit of the looms have run away from him. Those that were to cling to him like an undergarment. When we choose to disconnect from God, when we no longer want to cling to God, we look for attachment and other things, or other people, or other habits. Uh, we have been created for attachment to God. But if we turn another way, those substitute attachments are usually unhealthy, and, and for sure they are not God's greatest option for you, which is himself. This attachment principle and how much God desires us also is played out through another prophet. His name was Hosea. And Hosea, praise God, I was not Hosea. Because God told Hosea, you are going to be a living illustration of me and my children. In this case, of me and my bride. Because God calls us his children, but he also calls us his bride. And so he tells Hosea, I want you to be a living illustration of my bride. And he tells Hosea to go marry a prostitute. Straight up. I'm sorry, but if I'm Hosea, I'm thinking, that's what I'm thinking. Are you crazy? Don't you say in your Bible? to not live that way, to not be that way, and you wanted me to marry that way, I, I would have all this <laughs> comebacks to God. But Hosea is better than me. He ends up marrying a prostitute, and throughout the book, you see the unfaithfulness of his wife, and God is simply wanting to show him, this is the way that my bride has treated me over and over, and over, and over, and over again. I, I loved her, and she keeps on being this way toward me. But I love the way that God wants to make this crystal clear in the book of Hosea, chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. This is God saying this, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me. I will make you my wife. I will be engaged to you. I will be connected to you, you and me, forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice and favor and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. There's so much intimate stuff happening in those two verses. First of all, God is taking all the action. He is saying, I will come after you. I will do whatever it takes to be close to you. Yeah, you a hoe, but I love you anyway. 
Yes, you don't want me, but I love you anyway. Yes, I want to be with you. I will betroth you so that I may know you in a very intimate and close way. He wants to connect to his bride. Listen, the most important thing that God wants you to know is that he loves you like a head over heels groom for his bride or like a parent for his kid. And it's a love greater than his own life. And his greatest desire for you is to trust him with your love. And that begins by connecting with him. So where are you? Do you trust him with your love? Or a better question to ask is this. Do you trust his love for you? Do you trust his love for you? I'm going to need some uh, helpers up here for this illustration that I hope really helps you see what I'm talking about this morning or this afternoon now. I need uh, a parent with a child. If they're here, hopefully there is a parent with a child, a child that is uh, probably in their middle school years or higher. That probably will work best. So is there a parent or a child here that has a kid in their middle school years, you know, fifth, sixth grade, and their parents, do we have one here? A parent and a child, yes? Do we have one? Uh, okay, parent, if, you, if your child is here, can you please stand up? I'm sorry to do this to you, but this would be really cool for you and your child. Cooler for us to watch. All right, all right, you, okay, I got, I got your parent, child, please come up here. Yes, come up here, yes. Wow, you are a very tall parent. Just come, <laughs> just take, the, there you go. Mercy. All right, while they're coming up here, I also need something else. I need a husband and wife, uh, a husband and wife that kind of love each other. <laughs> a husband and wife, you guys can come over here. Uh, anyone, husband and wife, husband and wife. All right, please, please, we need to do this quickly because, you know, time is going. Husband and wife, I can volunteer Pastor Mark and his wife if you guys are okay with that. Sorry, Deborah, I know you hate this. All right, Pastor Mark and Deborah, please come up here. All right, well, you guys are coming up here. Oh, you're a handsome, tall man. Uh, what, what, what is your name? Joe. Joe, nice to meet you. Oh, I, need, oh, I should turn on the mic, huh? What is your name again? Joe. Awesome. And what is your name? Hannah. Hannah. Joe and Hannah. And over here, they need no introduction, Pastor Mark and his beautiful wife, Deborah. All right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you guys to face each other. All right, I'm going to ask you to move a little bit this way. Thank you. Awesome. I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. Please face each other. All right, awesome. Can you guys move a little bit here to the light so we can see your faces better? Okay. All right, wonderful. Thank you, Deborah. Appreciate you. All right, so um, I'm going to start with, I'll start with you guys over here. I would like you, Hannah, to please read this to your dad, Joe. Can, can you read okay? All right, read slowly. I don't trust you, love for me. I don't trust that you have my best intern and I mind. I'm sorry, I'll say that, interest in mine. Good job, keep on going. I don't trust what you say to me. I don't trust your care for me. I don't trust that you have loved me before I was 
born. I don't trust I am God's gift for you. I don't trust you. Am your arms? Arms want to hug me. I don't trust your hands that hold me. I don't trust you. Discipline. Discipline. I don't trust your... Protection. I don't trust that you will never stop loving me. Okay, Joe, she doesn't really feel that way. She simply read those things. That's a very good job, Hannah. You did awesome. Joe, can I ask you a question? Um, How did that make you feel? Uh, Failure. (laughs) That's good, that's good. Anything else? Uh, I was I was happy it wasn't all true. I hope. <laughs> yes, yes, it's not true. This I wrote this. She didn't say this. She, she, uh, thank you, Hannah. Just stay right there looking at him. You guys are doing great. I'm gonna go over here to the spouse section. I'm gonna have you read this to your husband. I don't trust you to love me. Wait, wait, wait. I want you to do that slower, please. Thank you. And then look at his eyes sometimes. Yes, that's awesome. Thank you. I don't trust you to love me. I don't trust you to care for me. I don't trust you to have my best interest in mind. I don't trust you you care about my future. I don't trust you want to listen to me. I don't trust that you will never stop loving me. I don't trust you with our finances. I don't trust you with that you want me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that part might be true. <laughs> the, the finances part, yeah, yeah. I don't trust you with finances. Okay, okay, that, that's good, Deborah. Keep, you're doing great, Deborah. Keep it up. I don't trust that you have my back. I don't trust that you want to hold me. I don't trust you with my heart. I don't trust your love for me. Mark, how did that make you feel? It's all false. (laughs) If it was for real, it would be devastating. Devastating. All right. All right. Continue to stay up here real quick. I'm sorry, Deborah. Just a little bit more. If you were up here with your spouse or with your child or a very good friend that you love and they would tell you these things, how would that make you feel? Shout it out. One word. Go ahead. Bam. Go. Go. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Very good. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you're being honest, that's exactly the way. That God feels. It's exactly the way that God feels. Thank you very much. You guys can go. Thank you, Hannah and Joe. You can keep the paper if you want. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Joe does not want to keep that paper. That's right. That is not my daughter. The Bible says that God is love. So listen to this. For those of you who have trust issues, Trust is only hard if you don't trust love himself to hold you. Trust is only hard if you don't trust love himself holding you. God himself longs to to hold you every day. How do we know this? In addition to the underwear illustration we've been talking about through here, the first half of Peter 3.18 says this. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 18 says the following. First half. For Christ 
also suffered for sins once for all time, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. The son that was given by the creator of the universe for us was given to us for several reasons. But the main reason was to bring us to close connection to him. Was to bring us to have a place where you could be in him, someone that he can hold, someone that he can love. And my prayer is that when you go through tough situations, when you go through very bad times, that you're not saying to him like Hannah told her daddy, I don't trust you have my best in mind. Or when Deborah told Mark, I don't trust that you will never stop loving me. Or I don't trust your love for me. My prayer is that you will understand that Joe does not feel that way about Hannah. Mark does not feel that way about Deborah. In fact, Mark said it's all false. And let me tell you something. God is telling you today, it's all false. That's not the way to feel. You can trust me with my love. Ayeka, where are you? There's no need to hide. Jesus knows you nasty, but he loves you. Trust him with his love for you. He will never stop loving you. And God has given all of heaven to bring you to himself. So this morning, this afternoon, I want to make an appeal, a very specific appeal. And I'm going to ask our, our prayer warriors, elders, people who advocate for others on their behalf through prayer. I'm going to invite those of you that are here to come here to the front, first of all, and be advocates on behalf of those who will come forward. So go ahead, I'm gonna invite you prayer warriors, you elders, those of you who advocate for other prayers, just go ahead and come right here, and, and, I'll, and I'll come down here too as well. And then this is the specific appeal for you, this, morning, this afternoon is this, is that if you, if you sense in your life that you know you've been running, you've been hiding, and you hear a yekka coming from someone that loves you dearly, Today is the day that, that you can stop hiding. Today is the day that you can come forward and come to one of these awesome people here that will pray for you. And I'll be right there as well. Now is your time to respond to God's question to you. Ayeka, where are you? Stop hiding. Come forward so we can pray for you.